Our gospel text this morning comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 34 through 39. Would you listen with me for the word of God? And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now let's get the picture. Jesus, before sunrise, gets up, sneaks out of the house, And goes away to a lonely place to pray. It's a wonder he was able to get up at all. He had to be tired. The day before was the Sabbath day. A Sabbath day where Jesus, as his custom was, was to go to the synagogue and worship like any good Jew would do. And while he was in the synagogue, he was teaching. And Mark reports to us that while he was teaching in the synagogue, there came a man who interrupted his teaching. He recognized Jesus, and he called out to him, What do you have to do with us, you man from Nazareth? Sounds like some of our public discourse in the highest places these days where we interrupt one another and accuse one another and call each other names. And this man, Mark, told us, had an unclean spirit. And Jesus recognized that, and he called to the man for the spirit to leave him. And with convulsions, the spirit left him, and the man was left in his right mind. Now, they didn't have Twitter or they didn't have Facebook in those days, but I'll tell you what, word spread fast. Now, these were the early days of Jesus' ministry. Mark reports that he was just beginning. He had called his first four disciples. There was Simon, later called Peter, and his brother Andrew, who were from the fishing village of Capernaum. And he also called James and his brother John, who were the sons of Zebedee. Now they had gone to Capernaum. All of them, and they went to the Sabbath day as their custom was. Capernaum was a small fishing village. Oh, they may have had as many as a thousand residents. And they went to the synagogue and they taught, and this is where they encountered this man with the unclean spirit. After church was over, what did they do? They went to Simon and Andrew's home. 
and there they could relax. Well, when sunset came, and sunset was the end of the Sabbath, their Sabbath day was began at sunset on Friday night and ended with sunset on Saturday night. And when the Sabbath ended at dusk, there were people who came to where Jesus was, where it had gotten around, where Jesus was staying. And it says that the whole city was gathered about the door. And Jesus had compassion upon those that they had brought, the sick, the lame, the diseased, those who had demons. And Jesus ministered to their spirits as none other could. He brought healing and hope to hundreds that night. And I can only imagine that it went late into the night. And Jesus and his new disciples were tired and they had little time to sleep. But Jesus knew that there was much to be had, much ministry to be done, many places to go. And so to prepare for that, we got a glimpse of what would happen many times in his ministry. He would take a part from the crowd and he would go out by himself and he would pray. Before he chose the rest of his disciples, he spent the whole night in prayer. And then he called them to follow him so that they might go and spread the message. Wow. Jesus himself took time apart. He took time for himself. How many of us do that? We are a people who need renewal. We need Sabbath rest just like the best of them. We need to take time for ourselves to restore to pray, to prepare for the road ahead. Now I encourage you to read before next Sunday to read the first nine chapters of the Gospel of Mark. During this week, uh, you will learn about the many faces of Jesus in his ministry and in his work of healing. You'll find at how the people were amazed at how he taught as one who had authority and not like the scribes who were always appealing to other authorities. But Jesus said, but I say to you, and then next Sunday we'll come back and we'll find another time when Jesus took some of his disciples and he went up onto a hill, onto a mountain, called the Mount Transfiguration now, And there he was transfigured before his disciples. So today we're going apart to be restored and refreshed. Next week we're going apart for another reason, and that will become apparent. I want to invite you to plan to follow Jesus. We're a people of Jesus. We look to him as the word of God, the word made flesh. What is that message? The message that Jesus proclaimed was not only proclaimed by his lips and by his hands, but by his example. My takeaway from this text, and from the Old Testament text that we referred to, where the writer declares that God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless, my takeaway is that God does not faint or grow weary, but his people do. And even Jesus, who was found in the flesh, became tired and he needed restoration and hope. 
As we quickly approach the Lenten season, let's get ready. Let's position ourselves like Jesus did as he went apart from the crowd and refreshed his spirit. How do we do that? Well, you could go for a walk. For me, go for a bike ride. Or go for a car ride, drive by Brahms or Dairy Queen and order some ice cream and have a picnic in your car. Watch the sunset. Do something for you. My wife has a little plaque in our kitchen near the door to uh, the outside where the deck is. And it's a plaque that says, Porch Rules. And it says, read a book, visit with friends, relax, take a nap, feel the breeze, enjoy the day, listen to the birds, sip a drink. It's okay to relax. It's okay in the midst of the busyness and the the challenges we face. I don't have to tell you about the pandemic, political unrest, racial tension. We could pen a very long list. My friends, God gives you the right to take a break. If our Savior can do it, we have permission to do it as well. I invite you to start each day with hope. I invite you to start each day by throwing the demons that bothered you during the night to throw them out of the house and dwell on the promises of God. Play a game if it will help. Like this one. I'm going on a journey and I'm going to take with me. How many of you did that as children? I'm going on a journey or I'm going on vacation or I'm going to camp and I'm going to take with me. Jesus talked about visiting towns and villages And taking the good news of God along. What might you take to engage each day? Well, here's how I want to recommend to you. Say, I'm going on a day trip. And I'm taking with me. And I recommend three things. The first one. Take with you a packet of prayer. Those who are prayed up have a better ability to withstand the storms of life that rage around us. We need the Lord with us. Prayer is is not just asking for those things on your celestial shopping list, but it's also cultivating a relationship. As Pastor Daniel would say, finding that posture wherein we can be mindful of God's presence in our lives. Psychologists often call this mindfulness. Sometimes I think they know more about spiritual preparation for life than we who call ourselves Christians do. Yet mindfulness, as a psychological principle, is as ancient as the prayer Jesus taught. The Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. Open up that channel when you first rise up and keep it open throughout the day so that wherever you go, in your coming, in your going, when you rise up, when you lie down, let the precious Savior be the first thing on your mind, continue with you, and be the last thing on your mind as you drift off to sleep. The ancient Hebrews would do that as they remembered the Shema. As recorded in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, you can read about it. 
The Shema was to remember the Lord, the Lord our God is one Lord and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. And then teach the precepts of God to your children so that every day, all day, they can know him. They would even post this on their doorposts and on their gateposts so that they could touch it and remember in their coming and in their going. They would bind it as frontlets on their eyes or on the back of their hand so that they would never forget the God who walked with them, their refuge and their strength. And they practiced the faith so that the first thing in the morning they thought of the God who gave them hope and the last thing at night they also thought about him. We need the Lord. In the 930 service, they sang a song, a beautiful song. Said, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. So teach my song to rise to you when temptations come my way. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. So as you go on a trip, I'm going on a trip and I'm going to take with me a packet of prayer. Say that. I'm going to take with me a packet of prayer. That's what I've been talking about. All of these things that you you gather together and you package in in, in a way that you can take it with you. Take the name of Jesus with you. If we take time to prepare... Whether we get up at, oh, dark 30, or whether we get up later, if we will take some moment to cultivate our relationship with God, we will put together a packet that will carry us through. That's one of the things I recommend that we take away from this text. Take with you a packet of prayer. Well, secondly, I'm going on a day trip, and I'm also going to take with me A pail of faith. Now, I thought about bringing a bucket and filling it up with things that help us think of faith. Take a packet of prayer. Now take a pail of faith. There's an acrostic that takes the the letters of faith, F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I'll trust him. I learned that a long time ago. And every once in a while, I remember it. And it is something I put in my pail that I can take with me. Faith is about belief. The intellectual ascent that says, I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the church. I believe in my head. It also is cultivating belief in the heart. Following the intuitions that God has given you and the leadings of his spirit and calls you into this trust relationship. Now that's something you can put in your pail. Faith of the head, faith of the heart, and faith in the future. Faith is about believing in the future with our hearts and our minds. Seeing the glass as half full instead of half empty. Faith, I've heard it said, is like A bird. Like a bird singing in the darkest of the night, knowing full well that the sun will come up. 
Oh, how I long for the spring when we'll hear that. Before the sun ever comes up, we'll hear the birds singing. They're announcing the day. They have faith. I'm going to put that in my pail. Now, if, when you get up, if you think the world is going to go to the dogs, then it probably will for you that day. If you'll think of the myriad of possibilities for this to be a good day, yep, that's a better option. And you're more apt to have a victorious spirit. Faith is forward looking. So take along with you on your day trip a pail of faith that God in Christ will be your portion. When I cannot stand, I'll fall on you, the song says. Jesus, you are my hope and stay. So I'm going on a day trip and I'm going to take a packet of prayer. I'm going to take a pail of faith. And then finally, I would recommend as we model our lives after Jesus to take a pair of glasses. A pair of glasses. Now I've already got glasses. You may have glasses. And for me, I'm going to take a rag so I can clean the lenses. But take a pair of glasses with you on your day trip. We are a people of Jesus. He is the word of God for us. We look to him as our source of strength and refuge. And I don't know about you, but I want to look at this day and the people I encounter through the lens of Jesus. We were in Dillon's the other day and everybody had a mask on except for one man. And I just wanted to go up and punch him. But you know what? I cleaned my lenses and I tried to approach it to the lens of what would Jesus do. Well, I chose just to keep my distance from him. But I prayed a prayer that God would bless him too. I want to look at this day through the lens that Jesus gives me to see others as God sees them, no more, no less. To see people as humans. Saved by grace, and oh, how we need this in our day to see others as humans saved by grace instead of objects to be countered, objects to be condemned, objects to be used. And for me, I want to see through the glasses that the viewpoints of others have just as much merit as mine do. So many people today believe that their truth is the only truth. And they say, I don't want to hear your opinions. I want to hear my opinions coming out of your mouth. And they become militant about that, as we have seen in our very nation's capital. I'm going to demand that you do things my way, and if you don't, I'm going to attack you What would the lens of Jesus have us see? Now there is time when we need to confront evil and to resist it in all of its forms. And there are ways to do that as we model the Jesus behaviors. This is the message that Jesus was going to take to all the towns and villages of Galilee a message of love and reconciliation and justice and to look at others as God would have him look. And as he did that, he ultimately 
stretched out his arms for everyone. And he loved them with a love that gave everything he had. It's okay to be nice. Ephesians 4.32 calls us to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave us. That's what I hope to do. I'm going to take a day trip, and I'm going to take a pair of glasses and seek to look at life through the lens of Jesus. Hope rises with the sun if you want it to. Hope believes that our packet of prayer, our pail of faith, and our pair of glasses will carry us through. It's a good thing I have a mask on this morning or I'd be spitting on the front row. What's the message? Well, Jesus said, Let us go to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there. And it's a prophetic proclamation. The time was right. The message of God's love would be urgent for him. Too many people were dying. Too many people were bound by the very laws they were seeking to live by. And he sought to care for folks wherever they were and to love folk he didn't even know. If the good news is healing, spiritual deliverance, rejection of evil, and life purpose in Jesus, the message, as Paul says, is to call people out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Yeah, while it was still dark, Jesus went out and spent some time with his God to prepare for the day so that he might be everything God wanted him to be. And it may still be dark for you, and you may not want to get up yet, But the sun is coming, and we can trust that the day will be for you and that God will walk with us. So I invite you to follow the the, uh, example of Jesus and prepare for the day. This isn't in the Bible, but it's kind of what I've been trying to do. Take with you a packet of prayer, a pail of faith, and a pair of glasses. Amen.